0: You're listening to the Seahawks Insiders.
1: Second down and two, the hand off to Penny. At the 15, at the 10, at the 5, he's in! Touchdown, Seahawks!
0: Getting you ready for Seahawks football every Sunday.
1: First and 10 at the Seattle 40. Play fake at Stafford. Gonna stop, gonna look, gets hit, goes down! Back in midfield! Getting to him in the backfield is Daryl Taylor!
0: Presented by Delta, the official airline of the Seahawks. Now, here's your host, Jen Mueller. Just
2: two games remain for the Seahawks in the regular season. There is a lot on the line as John Boyle from Seahawks.com joins us. John, it's kind of hard to believe when you look at the overall records of these teams. And when you consider the Jets have lost four straight games and Seattle has lost five of their last six, but they are in nearly identical spots with playoff hopes on the line.
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot of similarities in where these teams have gotten this season. Both were 6 and 3 at one point, kind of some of the surprise stories in the NFL and both have fallen on hard times and yet as you said, both teams Still have everything to play for this weekend, so it should be a fun one.
2: It should be a good one. We know how good Seattle is at closing out seasons at home. Now, maybe not as dominant as it was early in Pete's career, but this is a team that knows how to finish. Having said that, the finish against Kansas City, not exactly what you were hoping for, but, John, there were some good things. And I I hate that the outcome was the way that it was because, truly, if you look at the box score from that game – the Seahawks had it right there.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the final score doesn't indicate, you know, they played the Chiefs tougher than you would think when you just look at that score. And, you know, that's the best offensive in the NFL. You force four three and out six punts. I think both of those tied season highs for the Chiefs. Season low in yardage for them. So it was, you know, the, the one I really liked is no explosive runs. Yeah. I mean, that's been one of the big problems for the Seahawks defense is giving up, getting gashed by the big runs. So, you know, wasn't a perfect game for that defense. There was that late touchdown drive and all that, but definite progress, which is important going into these last two must-win games.
2: I'm going to be very curious to see how Kansas City closes out their season. I know we're going to talk about the Jets' matchup against the Seahawks, but Kansas City plays the Broncos this week, and Patrick Mahomes has not looked as sharp as maybe he could look in the last couple of weeks. They're fighting for playoff position. That one's going to be kind of interesting. Of course, it's not just playoff spots, on the line, we're also keeping an eye on draft picks and where Seattle would end up falling there in the first round of the draft. When we take a look and you talk about explosive plays, here's where that comes in. If you start to look at the Jets game, Jets defense is really, really good, John.
0: Yeah. They are. And that's not surprising given their head coach, Robert Salah, who was the defensive coordinator for the 49ers when they were, I mean, they still are really good, but when they got going on defense, a uh, guy, you know, who started or didn't start his coaching career, but spent some of his early coaching years under Pete Carroll. And it's kind of a fun subplot of this game to look at that Jets coaching staff and they're, I, I counted up, I think there are six coaches, if you count their head coach, who either played for Pete or worked under Pete during his time in Seattle.
2: Yep, there's six coaches, there are four players, and it creates kind of a fun chess match for the Hawks coaching staff.
1: Yeah, it's really fun, and, and, and uh, you know, they're all thinking about it, and we're thinking about it, and we're trying to figure out who knows what, and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It's just all part of the, uh, you know, the gamesmanship and the competition of it. Um, I have a lot of respect for for Robert and and what he's done and how he's taken care of business. And he's a great person and and, uh, um, character and leadership and toughness about him and all that. It's it's great to see him. You know, he took a number of our guys with him. You know, and and, uh, so um, anyway, yeah, it's, it's fun.
2: Robert Shthala was a quality control coach on the defensive staff. That Jets defense allowing the third fewest yards in the league at uh, just about 309. They've also allowed just 88 explosive plays. That's the number that I was referring to. That is the sixth fewest in the NFL. And of their four pro bowlers, all of them are on the defensive side. Now, granted, Justin Hardy, the cornerback, he made it as a special team stalwart, but still... That is the highest number of pro bowlers they have had in a long time. So it all just kind of goes to show that that uh, this is built not only in Robert Sala's kind of framework, but I think also in Pete Carroll's, as you can tell from the toughness of this team.
1: There's a lot of guys on that team that have played with uh, with us in the past and coaches that have been here and and all that kind of stuff. Um, So there's a lot of familiarity you know, one of the things that they do really well is they play really hard and, and uh, they're really consistent about that. And that's something that I would like to think that, you know, that's always been um, what we've hung our hat on. And uh, that's nothing, you know, earth-changing, you know, about that thought. But um, they definitely play like crazy, and, and uh, that's why we have a lot of respect for them coming in here.
0: I like the way Pete said, you know, there's nothing earth-shattering about that because I, I think sometimes we talk about things that are kind of central to the program here the competition and effort and all that and you think well yeah everybody's going to do that but it's a lot easier to say we're going to always compete or we're going to you know always give effort and actually do it and you see it around the league every year where there's teams where it's pretty clear like they're just playing out the string they're not giving it their all they're not playing with the same intensity and look neither the seahawks or jets are winning games like they want to right now but you do see that fight in both these teams and that's why i think you know regardless of how sunday's game goes it's going to be probably pretty close and be a battle right down to the end
2: well, and you also have very similar styles of play at cornerback in particular. I know that Sauce Gardner and Tariq Woolen are never going to line up across from each other, but oh my gosh, I cannot wait to see these two on Sunday.
0: I thought you were going to say DJ Reed and whoever is the other cor- the other cornerback there.
2: Well, I also or- would say this, DJ Reed is fired up to face the Seahawks. He, I'm
0: sure he is. You know, good for him. He got paid. The Seahawks, it's not that the Seahawks didn't want him back, but... They just, you know, the price got a little more than one. And the the whoever is their other cornerback is a reference to Sauce Gardner's tweet when he took over the Pro Bowl voting lead from Treek Wollin and said, y'all are the reason I passed whoever was leading the Pro Bowl votes at the cornerback position, as if he didn't know who Treek Wollin was. So I, I hope the Seahawks, you know, have a little fun with that with him on the field.
2: Well, uh, yes, of course, everybody knows who those two are. Of course, they know who each other are. They are the only two rookies in the NFL to make the Pro Bowl this year. They are both playing at an incredible level. I love what DK said this week when he talked to the media about how cool it is that those guys came in together. They will always have that as a point of comparison and a competition against each other. And of course, Pete Carroll being the former defensive backs coach. Well, he likes what they bring to the league, too.
1: It's really exciting that, you know, and here's one guy's on top of the draft board and another guy wasn't, you know, and, and uh, um, sauce was, you know, everybody knew he was going to be a terrific player and he has done a fantastic job to just step in. I mean, his numbers are great and, and uh, so comfortable and so poised about the way he plays and all. Um, he's played with a really good guy on the other side too, you know, uh, DJ Reed has played really well this year and, and uh, very much in the, you know, in the mold that we had seen him and, uh, so they we're gonna see some good corner play this weekend
0: you know what this almost reminds me of is going back to Richard Sherman and then Patrick Peterson yeah you had you know over the years Seahawks fans are like our guy's better but he's not getting quite the love he deserves because he's a fifth round pick versus you know the number five overall pick because Peterson was both great players you know both very well could be hall of famers but you know I I do think it's funny how if you look at a lot of the national storylines it's the they act like sauces, just, oh, he's the rookie of the year. It's like, well, yeah. You know, let's look at the guy who's got triple the interceptions and leading the NFL in interceptions and doing a lot of the same stuff. I mean, breaking up passes. And yeah. So, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and definitively say one guy is heads and shoulders above the other, but I do think there's, when you're a top pick and you happen to play in New York, you sort of get that benefit of the doubt over the fifth round pick from Texas San Antonio.
2: Well, and also it depends on what your defense needs, too, right? When you have Tariq with six interceptions, that is tied for the league lead. Now you've got Sauce with 16 passes defense. That is the most in the league, but Tariq is right there at 14 passes defense. I think some of it is what does your team need right now? And I, that's not the only position that we're talking about battles for rookie of the year. It's happening on the offensive side of things, too. And if you look at their wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, who leads all rookies in receiving yards and receptions, that's awesome. But you want to know the rookie that leads the league in touchdowns the rookies in touchdowns uh,
0: i have a guess
2: you want to take that yeah, guess i
0: think he might play running back for the seahawks
2: he does it's ken walker the third who has nine touchdowns he didn't even start the season john like i don't understand how we're having this conversation it depends on which number is important
0: i right? know yeah i mean it just depends on what you're looking at I, I do wonder like i gotta think there's a certain element of like if you're the seahawks receivers do you feel like man, we got to go help treak out and put up some numbers on Saw's Gardener if you're you know, if you want to get your running back going. It's this kind of sort of competition, like let's help our own guys out. So it'll be curious. Obviously, your first goal is to win this game, but right. you got to think, you know, both teams are thinking we got to help our guys out because this is sort of the showcase of facing off against each other.
2: Well, and it could help if Tyler Lockett is able yes. to return. What yes. an incredible story. And I hate to say that. I just kind of brushed it off. And when Pete said, yeah, he might only miss a week. I'm like, OK, yeah, he might only miss a week. And then you think about what surgery actually yeah, like is. They cut like, his
0: hand open. He's got what? these stitches on there. They're going in there and fixing the broken bone. It's wild.
2: Right. And you're catching fastballs yeah. from
0: Gino. Well, and that's the other thing. It'd be one thing to say like, okay, this guy broke his hand and he's a linebacker and you put a cast right, on and it. And you go club like, it up. And yeah. yeah. But he's got to catch the freaking football. And we're talking about him playing possibly as we get wild.
2: Which also means you can't numb your hand.
0: Well, that too, yeah. You're
2: not going to take a shot in your hand when you have to feel the football. <laughs> like, it truly is remarkable. And just as remarkable that when he showed up to practice, it was like he never left.
1: Well, if you watched through, you wouldn't even know that anything was going on. He just went through and did everything and walked through. Um, we'll be careful with him in practice and, and, and make sure that we find out what his limits are. But um, he he looked great, you know. So uh, throwing and catching and all that stuff. So we'll see. You know, we're going to go one day at a time, and we're not going to let him work hard today at practice um, just because it seems crazy (laughs) that you would, you know, go this quick. We don't need to. And so, um, but the walkthrough was excellent, and so a really good first sign. Any
0: pain when he's catching passes?
1: No. This is a remarkable story now, (laughs) you know. It it just is, and, and he's, you know, he's writing it right now for us. He's not even wavering. He doesn't even. He's not even phased by it.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, again, it is pretty wild. As Pete Carroll said, they're. You know, they're not going to rush him back. That he didn't practice Wednesday. He did do the walkthrough. He's a guy that could definitely play in the game. You you could see him. Lissas did not practice all week, and that's not going to rule him out. Because if he can go through the walkthrough, he's going to know the game plan, and he obviously is you know, a savvy veteran who knows everything about this offense. So uh, I, you know, my hunch is we're not going to know for sure till actives come out on game day. I'm sure they'll probably try to play this out as kind of a, a long game, but man, getting him back. Look, even if he's not getting his usual workload, just having him on the field, I mean, we saw it against Kansas City. They put extra attention on DK Metcalf. It wasn't a very productive day for Seattle's receivers outside of Metcalf who had a pretty strong game, but just even having Tyler Lockett out there, even if it's, you know, a limited workload and just get, get some of those third down conversions they need. Cause we saw it. I mean, third down was tough for the Seahawks and some of that was chiefs and the down and distance and all these different things. But it also hurts when you don't have one of your best guys out there.
2: Well, and the number that shows how much Tyler Lockett was missed has to be third downs. Yeah. Right. Well, it, two, yeah, for two for 14. Yeah. yeah.
0: And again, you're not going to get all those with Lockett, especially when early on it was, you know, third and 12, third and 11, a lot of those are just tough no matter what. But your chances of converting a few of those go way up with Tyler Walker on the field.
2: Yeah, uh, it is going to be interesting to see what they do. Again, that Jets defense, that is the strength of their team. I am curious to see if they continue with their four-man rush. They don't blitz a whole lot, which could make that protection just a little bit easier, but then again, you've got Quinn and Williams in the middle, an interior defensive lineman, ranks first in sack percentage and quarterback pressures. He has got some ridiculous numbers and I don't I, Gino just needs to settle in a little bit better than what we've seen the last couple of weeks
0: yeah I mean he's still playing good football but there just have been it hasn't been quite as clean Pete Carroll did talk about this week is you know just a few little things he needs to clean up a little bit and I you know I think we'll see him bounce back he's you know been his his overall body work this season to me is too good to think like oh it's a fluke and he's just falling off I think it's just been a combination of you know, some good defenses, some tough situations with injuries. Obviously, Tyler Lockett being out, the running game not being as good, that hurt him as well. But yeah, you know, just clean up, take care of the ball a little bit better. And I think we'll see a pretty good game at Geno Smith.
2: Well, and it's a little bit of a revenge game. Geno's not going to call it that. No. In hockey, we would say there's money on the board, right? When you play I didn't a know former that term. team, I like it. Yep, there's money on the board. Right. Um, you look at Geno's numbers. 27 touchdowns this season alone. He is three away from doing something that only two other quarterbacks in Seahawks history have done in a season. He played in 30 games for the Jets. Of course, he was drafted by the Jets and he threw 28 touchdown passes yeah. in his entire career with the organization.
0: Yeah, and you know, he's again, you're, you're not going to hear him. He's going to talk to the media on Thursday and you're not going to hear him go out and badmouth the Jets and say he's out for revenge. But there's got to be somewhere in the back of his head like, man, I'd love to... I mean, it's not the same people for the most part of their maybe ownership, but still the fan base, everything you want to show them like, Hey, look at this. I can, I can do this job. And, He's shown it all year. He's a pro bowler, just awesome for him. So yeah, it'll be be fun to see him try to go three for three against former teams. It's kind of fun that he got to face them all this year. Yeah,
2: it is. And you know what, regardless of who is still with the Jets, a lot of lessons learned in his time that he has referenced all during this year about how it shaped him with the media, with his teammates, with coaches, with being able to, you know, manage an offense. There was a lot of good that came out of it, even though it was probably on the more painful side, I think, yeah. at the time. Yeah, and
0: I, got, I mean, you always talk about with quarterbacks, the situation they come into. Yes. I mean, look, he, that's a really hard place to be a, a young player just in terms of the media scrutiny and all that. And then if you're not on a team that's very good and just they can't help you out, I mean, you look at some teams, a guy comes in on a good roster and it, he adds to it and they're contenders right away. Some guys struggle and they never bounce back from it. It, it took Geno Smith longer than he should have had to wait to get his opportunity, but he's showing that he can play this game.
2: He certainly has. And right now we are going to pause for a word from our presenting sponsor.
0: The best stories aren't the ones you're told. They're the ones you live, meeting people in person, facing challenges face to face, getting out of your hometown and your comfort zone. Delta knows how important it is to see a different point of view from a different point of view. So for those who want their own story to tell, Delta Airlines has a world full of places to start. Delta, the official airline of the Seahawks.
2: John, both you and I had a chance to spend Christmas with some family. I was in Houston. You were in Portland. I had a conversation I did not anticipate having, and I'm going to ask you what your most unexpected conversation was with family. I know. I'm giving you a chance. Here's where I'm going with this. So we're sitting at dinner the other night, and we're talking about football. And, of course, my dad and my brother are trying to teach me about football as if I don't do this for a living. But the question (laughs) comes up, what position would you like to play? Now – both my dad and my brother played football in high school. My brother was a great quarterback. You know what position my brother said he wanted to play? You're never going to guess. But it would make Damian Lewis and Gabe Jackson very happy.
0: Yeah, he wants to be a guard. He
2: wants to be a guard. That's and I'm like, an odd why for a quarterback? would you want to play guard? He's like, because I'd, like I'd like to be the pulling guard. And I'm like, that?
0: That's an oddly specific.
2: Right. That's what I thought. Yeah. I said I'd like to be an edge rusher because I have plenty of aggression I could take out. I'm not fast, but I'm pretty mean when I get riled up, so I think I could be an edge rusher. I only need to play a couple of downs at a time, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I could do that. So that was the most unexpected family conversation. Uh,
0: See, I'm trying to think because it... At my brother-in-law's house, we had five kids age seven and under running around. So I just oh. don't feel like there's a lot of conversation that happened. Mm. It was more just trying to, you know, control the chaos and keep the kids from hurting themselves and each other. So, I, yeah, I'm trying to think of any, like, was, real conversation. And did it was,
2: you want to chime in on what position you'd like to play in football?
0: Oh, I don't know. I, you know, I always saw myself as a running back. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Huh. A well, little undersized, but, you know. <laughs> Back back in my soccer playing days, I was, you know, okay. sort of fast and could make people miss. So.
2: Interesting.
0: That was a long time ago, though. I'm not saying I'm anything athletic anymore.
2: Well, it does make me see you in a new light. Yeah. We were trying to also think long snapper. My nephew could be a long snapper. Yeah,
0: I mean, if we're talking He's realistic. He's also a lefty. My,
2: I don't know how that works as a long snapper.
0: Yeah, I don't know. If it, you know? I don't know. I mean, if we're talking realistic, like being my size, Third probably, probably punter and me. kicker <laughs> were, would be my only... <laughs> Real choices.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'd be a special teamer, maybe. Speaking of special teamers and conversations with family at Christmas, imagine what Goodwin, nope, did it again, Godwin <laughs> Igwe Puke was able to talk to his family about after Finally getting promoted to the roster. He's been an elevation from the practice squad. What a cool story has one that warms Pete Carroll's heart.
1: The way he did it, you know, he earned it so obviously. You know, he was such a, he's been such a factor in the kicking game. Um, Not just returns and the other aspects also, but yeah, it's a really good, it's a really good story. And uh, he's hard-nosed, tough, and was ready for it and is, is, you know, fired up about it too, but um, he, he just wants to help us. And so it's a great story.
0: You know, I think we, it, first of all, shameless plug, there's a, you can read more about Godwin Buque's journey in uh, on Seahawk.com right now. We just published a story this morning, but um I I think too often with these guys who are sort of the fringe practice squad in and out of the team, we sort of just, they get lost in the wash and you forget about them. And, you know, you, you write a quick story. This guy got signed and you don't pay attention to their story. And it's, you know, a few of a, a few of the beat writers talked to him in the locker room yesterday for a while. And, This is a guy, he was more than 500 days between stints on an NFL team. Like, you don't make it back in the league. If you're an undrafted guy, like, yeah, if you're a first-round pick and you get hurt and you miss two seasons, you might make it back. But if you're undrafted and you've played in, I think it was five career games at that point, you're done. Like, guys just don't do that. But he kept at it. The Lions gave him a shot, made their team, changed positions to running back, became a really good kick return for the Lions. And that led to this opportunity here, which he has taken full advantage of. So it's just really cool to see a guy who, you know, very much like a fringe career guy. And look, nothing's guaranteed for him beyond this week either. But just fun to see a guy who's put in the work and just kind of kept his head down and get this reward.
2: And he has now had stints with, I believe, six different NFL teams. He was with the XFL team, the Seattle Dragons. The fact that he played safety, I think that shows up in the way that he returns kicks. Yeah. And you and can also, see yeah. that he's physical and he does not shy yeah. away from contact. He, and
0: that's, so much of that job is... The willingness to like hit that hole hard yeah. and not fear that initial big hit, and he does that. And he, the the defensive side of it comes through too. He, he's not just a returner; he's playing like seventy five percent of their special team snaps. He's on those coverage units, you know. Especially with some of the guys getting hurt, like Joey Blunt, they're gonna need him to do a lot. So, again, just really happy for a guy like that to to get this reward after so many years of just sort of in and out of the league and doing the XFL. He talked about. When they're playing at Lumen Field, the XFL games, like man, it'd be cool to play here someday in an NFL game, and and now here he is.
2: Yeah, what a nice young man! What a great story. I just, I've really enjoyed watching him this year, and uh, I think he could be a difference maker in this week's game. But I am not going to try to guess what your two things are. I'm going to say this: mine are purely selfish. Okay. Mine are very, very selfish
0: this week. Do you want to go first? I always go first, so we can. I'm going to go first. Here's what
2: I want to see from the Seahawks to get a win, but it's not just a win this week. It's a bigger win. Again, selfish: a Tariq Woolen interception and a Ken Walker touchdown.
0: All right, pad their. Uh, yes, I want. Of the year.
2: I want people to be talking about our rookies, not the Jets rookies. I want it to be spectacular highlights that also lead to a win. It'd be great. If the turnover created by Tariq set up the touchdown for Ken, because then every time you run that highlight package, it's right there. Two rookies can't miss them. I told you, purely selfish
0: motivations this well, week. Well, I was going to bring up turnovers. Seahawks defense had double-digit turnovers in, I think it was 10 of their first 12 games. They have, or not double-digit, multiple turnovers. Yes. That'd be great. That would be d- awesome. I want to do that. I was
2: kind of thinking, wow, <laughs> that's amazing.
0: Multiple turnovers <laughs> in 10 of their first 12 games. They have none the last three. So no. get back to taking the ball away. Jets have been turning the ball over a little bit lately. So get those turnovers going. Other side of the ball. I know it's all about the finish, but let's start a little faster. Oh, it's be been... Fun. Last week, the Seahawks yeah. had one first down on their first five possessions before the, the last drive of the half where they got the field goal. 49ers game two weeks ago, yeah. it was f- one first down on their first four drives before they got a field goal. So that's nine possessions with one first down to start, or one each in the last two games. So get started a little sooner. You know, you don't have to score a touchdown every drive, but let's, you know, maybe get some points in the first quarter, Get the, keep the defense off the field, just... Get, a, get going early.
2: Well, and make Mike White play from behind. Yeah. As he has not been playing the last couple of weeks, coming back from a rib injury and expected and to road. start yeah. at quarterback on the road for the Jets on Sunday. We'll see how that plays out. We'll review our picks and talk to you again next week for a new edition of the Seahawks Insiders Podcast.